With so many different stores that rent videos, competition has become a big factor. So why still go to a particular video store when price may be better somewhere closer to home? We cater their demands wherever they, they tell us what they want, and we try to get it. And we have a large horror section, and of course we roll heavy in new releases. We get a lot of so-called B-movies. That's not the most known movies in the world, but they're good movies. That, you know, Would those be old movies that have been around for a while? Some, some of the classics. We have a bunch of classics. When I go into, a, say, a store like, a, say, a supermarket that rents uh, videos, it seems like they'll just have really a lot of the uh, current releases, that right. more popular movies, and then maybe some old sentimental favorites and things. Mm -hmm. uh, I could see maybe one advantage of coming to a store like this is you have a much larger selection of movies that are current releases, but older movies, too, that have been, been put on video. Is that, right. is that true? Or? That's true, because they don't have time to fool with it. It's there to make money for them, which is the same thing here, but... They treat it like we treat our Coca-Cola. It's just a little something to bring in income. Maybe something I'm using as a loft leader. What about the future for you or for videos? Is there a future for video stores, Con considering mm -hmm. that now all these uh, stores, like uh, the supermarkets, convenience stores, mm -hmm. are selling and uh, renting videos? Is there going to be a future, or is there going to be a decline in video stores? Well, I think it's going to be a great future. I think there's going to be a lot of dropout, a lot of fallout. We've already seen it in Irving. We've had several stores close. And... Uh, we're going to be here when the dust settles, I guarantee you. Hello, and welcome to the Film and Water Podcast, proud member of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. I'm your host, Rob Kelly, and this is a very, very special episode of the Film and Water Podcast, an episode over a year in the making. Uh, so before, we, before I introduce my guest, I have to do a little bit of explanation as to why we're doing this. About uh, September of 2019, uh, my Fire and Water uh, podcast uh, co-host, uh, Shag Matthews, was in town in, uh, nearby, in nearby Ardmore, PA, and um, I and my fiance Kelly were driving over to visit him. And as we were driving down uh, the, the main drag in Ardmore, PA, I just happened to see a sign that said Viva Video. And I was like, what's that? And I asked Kelly, what, what Viva, I said, is that a video store? And she said, oh yeah, that's a video store. And I, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe that there was still a video store. I knew there were a couple in LA and there was a couple in New York, but I just had no idea that there was still basically in, in, in my neck of the woods, a video store that still existed in 2020. And I was fascinated at the idea that these, this beloved institution uh, of, of a video store was still around. And so I told Kelly that someday we got to drive over to Ardmore and check this store out. And I already started formulating this idea that I really got to talk to the owner of the store because I'm fascinated as to what running a video store in 2020 is like. And unfortunately, it took us quite a long time to finally make our way back over to Ardmore. But a couple of months ago, we did. We went over on a beautiful sunny day and visited Viva Video. And I was utterly charmed by this store. It was exactly the kind of store I wanted it to be, clearly staffed and run by movie fans with people with very peculiar and interesting movie tastes. And it was just everything I, I wanted it to be. And I reached out to the owner and the operator of Eva Video, Miguel Gomez, and that's who joins me for this episode. Hi, Miguel. Hello, hello, hello. I am so happy to be talking to you. I said, I, as, I, as I mentioned to you off air, you know, when I came up with this idea of interviewing somebody, I thought, I, I don't know. I mean, the average person doesn't think about being interviewed for a podcast. So I could, I imagine that maybe when I wrote you the email, you'd be like, what? Wait, leave me alone, you nerd. What are you talking about? So I am so grateful that you're, that you're here to talk to me about this because I'm so excited oh. to talk to you about Viva Video. Nice. Well, I'm, 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 I'm very happy to, I haven't really done, you know, we've, we've gotten a, a variety of interviews, but 
a podcast is maybe a a little uh, you know sort of future uh, you know futureish for a, right. for a video <laughs> store. So it's kind of exciting to live in the in, in this you know this techie age. Yeah. Oh, I'm so excited to get the word out about this this store. So I, I have so much to ask you about, and there's just so many topics we can cover. But let's start way at the beginning. Like, why don't you explain to people? Like how long Viva Video has been around? Have you owned it since the beginning? Like where where did how did it all start? Sure, sure. Just for like the the basic history of the store. So we opened in October of 2012, um, which is pretty late in the in the game for a video store to open. Um, but I basically I ran another store that was a, a TLA Video in the Philly area, which was a chain, small chain um, of like a, an art house video store. So sure. imagine. Yeah like a blockbuster, but with a far greater selection. Like TLA would help put on the International Film Festival and the Gay right. Lesbian Film Festival in Philly. Um, so it's definitely like like super high-quality uh, shop. And basically they were closing off stores um, for a couple years. Um, I saw the writing on the wall, and I started buying up rarities from each store as they closed. Mm. And ours was the, the last one to, uh, to close. We managed to, to keep it open the longest. Um, and... I, you know, when, when they were closing, then I went and just sort of bought as much as I could afford. So, you know, several thousand, um, titles, uh, trying to focus on stuff that I'd have trouble getting later. Um, and like five days after we closed down that shop, I opened up down the road, just like a mile or so. And, uh, and, you know, we've lasted eight years now, which I don't believe anybody thought we would. <laughs> so, so that's pretty cool. Um, definitely waiting, waiting that year. To uh, to come and do this podcast is uh is very optimistic of you uh, for, for, for video stores. So I'm glad glad we were able to keep it real for you. I sometimes I just I'm too slow in getting these things off the ground and stuff. So I said I appreciate like so. Okay, now when you when you started this in 2012, did you when you told people were they like what? Like what are you talking? It's 2012, a video store. What do you what do you open a Radio Shack? I mean, what are you talking about? And I remember, I think in the the Philly Inquirer, maybe the the meanest comment was somebody somebody declaring I should just be opening up a typewriter store instead, um, which was which you know I don't know seemed seemed unnecessarily harsh, you know. You know, um, if you're running a newspaper, I wouldn't be too snotty about things going out of business. I gotta say, it, it, you know, it, it, totally. Well, you know, and it was it's mostly just sort of like it, I didn't quite. There were definitely like some people that took offense to to the thought that somebody would 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 do this like beyond just sort of like like oh that's dumb but like <laughs> seeming personally <laughs> affronted by it which uh which i found strange but i mean i certainly had to to explain to folks uh you know it wasn't it wasn't it was it was definitely like a lot of a lot of family conversations with my wife uh, and you know i made a Honey, deal, but I, I have an idea <laughs> uh, yeah you know so so it was there was a lot of stress around it um but uh but like you know, I, I planned it out. I knew very well what what the what was going on with the with the other store, and so I could sort of plan around that. Um, and so I knew knew what our numbers were like, and you know, I knew all the ins and outs on like you know placing orders and and you know having distributors and all that sort of thing. So so it was a, a relatively smooth transition. But I, I certainly um was uh, met with a lot of side eye, I'd say, <laughs> when I uh, when I decided to do it. Did you figure that uh, there was a, a base, a customer base that was going to be loyal 
to a video store and that and that's what you would service? Because, I mean, for, for people, obviously, most people who are listening to this aren't familiar with Ardmore of a town. Why don't you explain a little bit like what Ardmore is? is it, I mean, some people, is it a big city? Is it a small city? I mean, how, how, why did you think that the audience was there for a video like why store Ardmore made sense for this? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so Ardmore is, is a nice little suburb of um, Philadelphia. We're, you know, only like or maybe three or four miles across the city line. Um, there's a lot of colleges around there. We were the the previous store was located in Bryn Mawr, which is just down the road. And another it's, that one's a slightly more posh, um, yes, like suburb. I'd say Ardmore is kind of nice in that it's part of what is known as the Main Line, which is definitely like a ritzy area. But um, it's the more down to earth part. Um, it's really walkable, um, very kind of low key. Uh, the rents weren't were much better there than you know where where the previous store was. Um, and so I thought. With only moving down the road about a mile or so, we we could make a pretty good go of it. I, I knew we'd lose some people just in that, you know, basically a video store for some time before I opened my store was really fighting a, 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 a you know, a war with uh, with with convenience is, is tough to, to fight mm-hmm. against. And, um, and certainly I'm, you know, was asking people to to do something even more inconvenient by going to a different spot. Um, but I, I, I talked to a lot of folks that, that came to the other store and I, you know, and they, they told me that they would come and by and large, they, um, you know, we, we lost a lot of people, but, but, you know, we certainly got enough, enough of the folks to come, come to, to our, you know, location and, you know, let us keep going for eight years here. So, so yeah. So, so I, I guess I, I, I just, I knew pretty well. And since I, it wasn't like, uh, spur of the moment thing i knew our store was probably going to close like maybe a year out and so i'd been laying the groundwork with with customers talking with them i think i even named the store by doing like a contest at at at, um at tla with the with the customers to to you know help us choose the name so i got everybody pretty involved um in that sense to try to like really let people know that this was a part of the community and something that they should you know kind of kind of take ownership for and and try to if they wanted it around they were going to need to really come in you know right well that good i'm glad you said that because that that leads to something i wanted to ask about because you part of the 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 running a video store obviously is um it's not the same as uh you thinking other business like a i don't want to say a drug store because there are some personal things there but there are video stores uh, like record stores feature people uh that are there to to indulge their tastes their personal what? tastes. And so to yeah. me, there's a stronger connection to a record store or a video store than there would be at, you know, like I said, like a drugstore. You know, a drugstore, you're kind of, for most places, drugstores, it's like who has the cheapest uh, box of Band-Aids? That's where yeah, I'm going to shop. There's not much of a, like an emotional connection right. to, to right. you know, a particular brand of Band-Aids or something. Right. I shop Whereas, at the, I go yeah. to the nearest, I go to whatever CVS is closest to me, not mm-hmm. because I have some connection to any particular one. No, but so, video, it, video stores are very different. So you you figured that that, the, obviously you had the TLA audience and the TLA mm-hmm. audience yes. is already, obviously people still going to TLA in 2012. You know, the streaming thing had started by then. It wasn't oh, absolutely. It wasn't it had, rampant it, it as was, it is now. I mean, it was, it was well, well, well on its way. Right. I'm trying to remember if I think Blockbuster had was Blockbuster already closed or not. I think, I think they it, were gone by they, then. Yeah, I think they were. So, I, like, I mean, you know, once Blockbuster was gone, I mean, like that was really like that's kind of the biggest benchmark of where where streaming really became much more prevalent. You know, right? Um. So, so, so yeah, absolutely. Like the I it it seemed like 
the folks the folks that were definitely going to leave had already had already left the sort of video store scene uh, right. by that point. But but yeah, the, the people that were coming in generally like like knew me and the other folks that worked there. I, I brought some of the staff over from um, <laughs> from TLA. Like my assistant manager Brian uh, worked worked with me there for several years. Um, so so people really like knew us really well. And I managed the other store with my wife. So like the the customers basically knew me and like my whole family and everything like my kid you know when they were born like they would spend a lot of time in the store and all that sort of thing um so so definitely had like that personal connection um and i mean you know, we we all love talking about movies so we'd know like you know, we we absolutely gabbed about everything uh with folks and people that came in like to talk about it but i mean people like absolutely everybody you know, folks that come in have their their own tastes and what they're looking for so like part of it is both like like uh, a side of it is is showing what our our particular tastes are and trying to turn people on to to our our oddball um, you know movie <laughs> loves, but a lot of it is just sort of like knowing what what other people's tastes are and being able to like sort of help them navigate the giant you know massive movies that we have to the things that you know that they would like whether whether it's our our tastes or not, but um but certainly you get you know when you go to a video store or a record store you get the the people that you, you know, you connect with and you're always like hoping like, Oh, I hope the, this person's there so I can ask them about, you know, X movie or whatever. Right. Um, so, so yeah, so that's definitely, I mean, it's part of what makes it so much fun. So you do, uh, I know you do events like events related to, you know, getting people in, like you do certain nights about this or that, or why don't you explain a little bit of like some of the things that you do to kind of get more emotional buy-in by the, your customers? Sure. So, well, so, I mean, obviously this has been cut down now by the pandemic, um, but yeah. before oh, the man. pandemic, um, which is like, you know, like a huge moment that we're, we're kind of, we haven't really been able to do events since, um, I think our last one we did like, like an Oscar party. Um, that was, that was really, really like super fun people dressed up, you know, um, to come and come and do it. We had an Oscar contest. Uh, we had like tons of food and all sorts of things. It was just, I don't know, like maybe like close to 50 people or something coming wow. in and just hanging out. And, and, you know, it was like just a, I mean, I, I personally can't stand the Oscars. Like I actually only, <laughs> I went for the pre-party and I, I refused to stay for it. Cause I, it's just not, uh, not my scene, but, um, but certainly, but like, you know, it was like a really fun way to watch it. Um, but so, so we really haven't done events since, since in like March, we had to close down for three months and we're, we're now open back up, but with like, you know, required masks and the right. limit of the amount of people in, in, in the place. So we're still trying to carry through with like, there's been some like zoom trivia nights that we do and some like zoom movie discussions. Um, so, so we still do that, but before that we tried to do like roughly, uh, monthly screenings. Uh, more in like the spring and summer because we like to do them out outdoors if possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and generally, what I would show would be things that were um, like appropriate for all ages and that people might not have seen. So I would show like we've done like Bollywood nights for movies that I really love. Um, we've done one of my favorites with uh, there's a zine called Lunch Meat that's all about like horror on VHS. We did uh, <laughs> The House on Haunted Hill with Vincent Price, but I rigged up. Um, the movie was originally done in Emergovision. Emergovision, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I rigged up a skeleton, um, like <laughs> from the fire escape to like the parking meters, so that I could run the skeleton over the audience, like at the appropriate time. Oh, fantastic! Um, and so, like, I mean, that was so much fun. That's one of my, one, certainly one of my happiest memories uh, of events at the store. We also did an all-night VHS horror, uh, or VHS slumber party. I guess there were four out of five for horror. Um, and that was like for our two-year anniversary, like a pizza party and, and, uh, slumber party. That was super duper fun. 
Um, so, so yeah, I mean, you know, just generally anything that like gets people to like really enjoy, um, like, 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 I feel like watching a movie by yourself, you don't get the full effect of what it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be, you know, somewhat social. You're supposed to be discussing it. Um, I feel like with any art, it's, you know, sort of when it's in a vacuum, it's less worthwhile. And so we kind of do anything we can to, to make that, that scene around things so that, you know, you can, even if it's a, even if it's a crappy movie, if you talk about it, I think there's some value to it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Oh God, I wish I lived closer to Ardmore. Uh, (laughs) So like, I'm imagining that your audience, the, your customer base is really not. And again, this is based on just what I saw in the selection of your store is they are not there for Avengers Endgame. You know, they're not there for Mission Impossible Fallout because you can get that stuff anywhere uh, and it's all streaming. It's your the stuff that you have is much more uh, specifically chosen. I don't want to use the word curated because that can have a slight pejorative sort of sound to it. But it, yeah, it's that, almost a little, a little snotty and the, yeah, a little hoity-toity. Yeah. But I mean, it's, I imagine, I mean, I saw, you know, a lot of Criterion, a lot of uh, Severin mm-hmm. films and stuff that yep. just you're obviously never going to find um at a local target you know they're not going to yes. carry something from from severin films but at the same time um the only place you can get it is online and the only way you're going to find that stuff is if basically you already know you're looking for it yeah, but but exactly. at a video store you might you know we were we my my fiance and i we were scrolling through and i was like wow they, oh wow oh wow like i had 10 things that i would have rented you know this <laughs> mm-hmm. is like if i'm gonna come yeah. back so i imagine that's that's your base is that those are people that are looking for slightly off center movies i i would say you know like there's a big there's certainly a a big chunk of our of our crowd that is that but it's not um it's it's not the whole whole thing so i mean i'd say like we definitely like cater to that in part because you know all of our interests sort of lean towards that and i feel like it's it's funny like what cross-section there is between like the folks that you know generally the folks that like the total sleaze that, you know, Vinegar Syndrome or Severin will release <laughs> are also the people that want the total art house of Criterion, you know, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. classy silence or, you know, or whatnot. Um, so, it's, it's, so it's funny that there's such a, a cross-section for those those folks. But um, I'd say that that isn't really the the bulk of it. I mean, it's still the bulk of it is actually those those new releases. So mm-hmm. we do like monthly plans. So we have people that come in and and just and to get all those new ones like you can get them streaming but generally like when they first come out you know you'll have to pay like 20 bucks for avengers you know Mm -hmm. um whereas like at the store if you do like the monthly plan some like we have like for 15 bucks a month you can come in every day and get a different movie so it's people that are local that like movies whether it be you know the the rarer stuff or just sort of like like the movie fan that wants to see everything that it's the multiplex like, you know, they'll come in for 15 bucks. They can go through all the new releases and not have to wait the, you know, the amount of time it takes for it to get out of the, the paywall. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I'd say that's probably like, like a big bulk of them. We have a ton of older folks that aren't, you know, um, that are maybe not as streaming savvy. So right. like British TV shows do really well for us. Oh, sure, <laughs> sure, sure. Um, and then, but then, and, and so I'd say like, there's like, those, those, um, there's definitely families that come in as sort of like their, the, the beloved ritual of going every Friday night to the video store to choose something to watch together. Um, and then we definitely have like that huge selection of people also that, that are in for, for those rarities and such. And that, you know, we definitely pull like a wider net. Like I'd say like 
like, you know, that's not necessarily all the people from Ardmore, but since, like you pointed out, I mean, we really, like, the selection is pretty incredible that we've managed to, to amass. So so we'll get people from, from pretty far out that, that travel to us to, to be able to watch all that stuff, because otherwise, I mean, you're going to be dropping a serious dime, you know, just, like, picking all this stuff up. Um, so... So, so yeah, and so, I mean, and it's definitely, like, sort of, like, my, like, how I, like, like, what I think the value to a video story is, is, like, you know, online, you can sort of see a bunch of these things, but your eyes will glaze over after looking at a certain amount of things, whereas, like, at a video store, it's kind of fun, the, the process of searching, and yes. you're more likely to, 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 like, you know, look for something that you think you're there for, but then happen across that crazy vinegar syndrome that you'll throw in with your other things, and then, you know, find a new favorite that way or something, which is like what I think is like kind of beautiful about that experience, you know? Yeah. Oh, I, I, I definitely want to talk to you about how you organize some of the films because I found a lot of your, your subsections to be very charming and reminiscent of the things that I oh. used to like to do. But I, but I want to ask you, I don't want to get off this before I forget it. I want no. to ask you about um, when you're getting releases, because as far as I understood from how I remembered how uh, when I worked at Movies Unlimited uh, mm-hmm. in the oh, 90s, yeah, oh yeah, how good they were. Was you know every movie studio was doing everything on VHS. That was that was the the, the chain of of uh, the circle of life for videos yes. for movies was it was you know put in theaters then put on VHS and the movie uh, the the um, video stores would of course get you know twenty copies of whatever Mars Attacks. I don't know why that's yeah. why I think of that movie, but Mars Mars Attacks would get it at a discount and then they could profit off of the rentals but there's so little now being put on physical media disney is still really the only company that i think does a bulk of it and even they don't do very much anymore so like and like i'm kind of curious like how is it that you get these films because i don't feel like is there buy-in from movie studios still for this kind of thing i mean the studios don't care about haven't cared about video stores in i don't know a decade or something right right um, we used to get all sorts of like the crazy promos. I bet you're remembering like, oh, yeah. weird, oh yeah, like the like we still have our. Um, there was a box that's like said like what's in the box, and on the other side it had like some bloody hair coming out of it, and, and <laughs> it came the screener for Seven and for the Cell. And I think I still display that at the store because it was like one of my favorite like weird promotional items we got. <laughs> um, but so like that's those sort of days are are, are long gone. Right. Um, I would say I mean right now it's a little bit different in that there's just fewer movies out because is you know the whole the, the pandemic sort of like knocked everything out right. but if we're going back like say february i mean there was still like every tuesday we would get um you know major new releases from from all the big studios like there was none of them that on, that that only released online except uh, the only ones that are like that are like like netflix and amazon when they have their movies you know produced to be premiered on their platforms those don't usually get a, a digital or i mean right. a, a physical release but um but I mean, all the you know, Paramount, Universal, Fox, um, you know, Disney, all of them still, you know, we're still doing physical. And then, in addition to that, you know, like Lionsgate puts out a ton of stuff, um, and then all the little studios that we like to focus in on. But um, we just get them from like our, our wholesaler, like same as you know. I mean, I think it's like this, you know, it's Ingram Entertainment, who I think like also like Target probably gets a bunch of their movies from from them too. And basically, like I mean, I just go go on there and see what's coming out each week and. You know, if something either looks interesting or like I is something I would consider like a, a major motion picture or something, I mean, I'd pick it up. And uh, we certainly aren't getting the copy depth that, you know, back of those, you know, 20 Mars attacks or whatever. Right. Those, those days are long gone. <laughs> but, um, but you know, for the bigger, for, you know, Avengers or something, which I'm 
particularly not much a fan of the, the superhero stuff, but I mean, I pick up a bunch of copies of that, uh, sure. for instance. Um, so yeah, so it's actually, yeah, it, it's sort of like there, the physical media is like less out there, um, for, for people to, to pick up and stuff. Like there's not really too many stores to go to, but, but they're, they're still, there's still a lot. I mean, you know, same as like, if you go on online to try to order stuff, you know, anything that you can find, I can, I can find as well. Um, and then, but I mean, I also like seek out like weird out of print stuff and, and, and whatnot. So, and I've, you know, even picked up stuff that's only released overseas to like get it into our store and stuff like that. <laughs> if it's something that I'm particularly interested in, I think the hardest I've worked for when there was the, a movie called uh, Final Cut. It's this Hungarian movie that I had to use Google Translate to navigate a Hungarian <laughs> library site to order. Um, it only came with a, what's I guess technically a textbook. Um, and you had to order the textbook and then the movie came for free with it. And I had to, and, and, and so I ordered that in and then I had to transfer it onto on NTSC so that people could see it. And, oh, wow. That. But, um, so that was, that, I think that's probably the hardest I've worked for a single movie. It's a really awesome movie. I would recommend it to, to anybody that's a film fan at all. Um, wow. it's basically, t- it's, it's entirely edited from other movies. It kind of composes like a, uh, I don't know, like a, like a, a, a Hollywood love story, but uses like, like clips from, you know, I think like, like something like 200, 300 movies, something like that. Um, and so like the main, the, the lead male is played by 70 actors. The lead female is played by 70 actors. All sort of, it's like, a, like an incredible feat of editing. Wow. It's um, like a dead man don't wear plaid kind of thing. It's crazy. It's, it's, it's amazing. Like, I mean, it really like makes you like, just sort of think like what, like, like it really shows you the power of, of editing and like how quickly your brain adjusts to, to like, you know, these sort of techniques. Um, but, but yeah, but, but, you know, in either case, I still, I've, I've not yet had trouble getting, getting physical media except for stuff like with the new Coen Brothers movie is on Netflix, then I can't get it, you know? Um, and so, um, I think, although luckily though, Criterion's putting out the new Scorsese on, on there, so I'll be able to get that, you know, the Irishman right. or whatever then. Um, but, um, but the big major titles have all, all been coming out. The, the only problem now is just there's not, you know, theaters aren't open, nothing's in production right now. Um, so, so there's kind of this, this, uh, this desert at the moment of, of new, like major titles. Um, but I'd say that doesn't really have to do with the, the, what I worry about is that this, this moment might, you know, the, the studios have wanted to get out of physical media for, for ages. Um, they prefer to have the, the control that streaming gives them where, I mean, sure. you, you don't really own it. You really, you're really just licensing it for whatever period of time they, deem you know is appropriate or whatever um so so like they you know it's they you know i I could see this being a moment where they 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 work to to really back off further from from physical media which would be um a shame for for i mean for for my business certainly but also for I, i think like for for film culture in general to tell you the truth yeah, I mean, I I I, uh, I own some films on on streaming, but that is mostly uh, just out of convenience than anything else. Sure. And but I go yeah. out and I make sure, and I, I own a couple of movies across multiple formats because it's a movie. Mm-hmm. If it's a movie I love so much uh, that I'm afraid I'm, it might get pulled off streaming. Uh, like like I'm a huge Albert Brooks fan. I love Albert Brooks' okay. movies. I've seen every one sure. of his movies hundreds of times. And they were all on Netflix. And I thought, wow, this is great. They got Albert Brooks. And then like a month later, they were all gone. And I'm yep. like, well, what the hell was the point of this? So then I bought them all on Criterion because I'm like, well, now mm-hmm. nobody can take it away from me. I've, I've got totally. it. You know, I've got it permanently. So 
All right. Well, that's fascinating because I was, I was so curious as to how a modern video store kept stock because I was like, so I didn't realize that you could get it from a wholesaler and you're, you're not paying a full retail price and you could at least turn a profit within a couple of rental cycles. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, like it's, it's certainly tougher to turn Like, so, well, it's changed a lot from back, back in the day when you had it, like, I mean, the retail and stuff was like a hundred bucks. Yeah. Um, and there'd be a, a, you know, like a discount to, I don't know, like 50 or 60 bucks people would be paying, the stores would be paying for stuff. Yeah. But um, basically since DVDs came in, like new, new releases cost like a little bit less than 20 bucks. Um, right. Whereas like the retail is technically 30 they've often sold for a good bit less. So, so we do get a, a discount on them. It's not a huge discount, but it's, but it's something. Um, and then, you know, we, we get that discount also for, for all the, the smaller studios that usually is like close for like 15 bucks that you end up paying for stuff. But, um, but yeah, yeah. So we, we do still get, get a wholesale discount on, on, on basically, uh, everything aside from like weird exclusives and stuff, you know? Right. So how do you and your staff, you were mentioning about like the, the, the seven promotion thing. And I remember working at Moves Unlimited, we got all sorts of fun stuff, some of which I wish I still had because it was just fun little trinkets here and there. Totally. Uh, but studios, obviously, they don't do any of that stuff. And, they, you know, back in the day, they would do really elaborate stuff sometimes. These oh, yeah. Displays and like the road, oh, things yeah. that rotated and had lights. I mean, they would really go crazy. It would- it would and take now, like an hour to put together a standee or something. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> and now, yeah, now they don't do that anymore. So, like, you guys aren't presumably or anybody are getting – you're not getting posters. You're not getting screeners. Yeah. So like, how do you and your staff keep up to date with, you know, oh, there's this new great thing that's out? Or, hey, here's an older film, but now it's on the Criterion Collection. Check that. I mean, you guys have to just literally kind of do your own homework and want to, you know, check it out yourself. That way you can recommend it to the customers. Yeah, yeah, basically. And I, I and luckily it's like the sort of homework that we're generally going to be doing anyways. Right. You know? right exactly. If you work yeah. at a video store, you're watching a ton of stuff, um, right. no matter what. So, so like that, that makes it, um, easier. And I feel like we're all varying degrees of, uh, of film obsessed where, wherein we'll, you know, we keep tabs on what's playing at, at, you know, con or, um, or at, um, Sundance or something just to sort of know like what, what we're excited to see coming out. Um, and so, so that's what has stuff on our radar that way. Um, and then, um, aside from that, like, you know, I can, I, I, I place the orders, like I mentioned to our wholesaler. And then it's sort of the tedious task of going through, looking at their, their giant list of like, you know, I don't know, a thousand titles that'll come out in October and just scrolling through each one and being like, you know, like, oh, I didn't know that they were putting out, you know, Ipcrest file is finally getting a DVD release. <laughs> Let's order that, you know, um, which has been like out of print for, for, for like a decade. And I think when we had at the store, like, I mean, I'd gotten like a Hong Kong import or whatever, so we'd have it, but I'm excited to get like the legitimate version. Um, so like just picking that title out or like, you know, a personal favorite of mine, Ruben and Ed, which is just a very beloved you know, movie with uh, Crispin Glover and how Crispin Glover. I was trying to recall the name of who's yeah. in that movie. Yeah, Crispin. Oh Glover. my god, it's so good. It's one of my all-time faves, and that just got like like a zero advertising Blu-ray release, and so I was excited to like you know throw that in our cart, um, knowing that you know, and it's not something. It, it, you know, we'll, we'll see how how many times it runs, how many people I can uh, <laughs> I can force uh, force it upon. One of the people that, that worked for me who who was. Um, um, left at the beginning of the year from the store. But uh, when he was a customer, I convinced him to watch it. And he uh, legitimately thought I was pranking him by giving him that movie. <laughs> <laughs> which, which, uh, which I think is crazy. Why wouldn't you like Ruben? Ruben is incredible. I mean, like, that's, that's like the greatest movie in the world. But, um, 
but in any case, like a movie, like, you know, so, so I'll, I'll pick out from this giant list of stuff, both like the stuff that's easy to know, like, Oh, like the new mission impossible. Obviously I need to get that. Um, or stuff like Ruben and Ed, like, Oh my God, I love this movie. I definitely need to ca- get this. Cause I'll absolutely tell people to, to rent this. Great double um, feature. So like I, so, yeah. Yeah. Right. Totally. So, so yeah. So, so like, you know, I, I gate, you know, we, we look at this giant list and sort of gauge on whether, whether anybody on staff particularly likes it and would recommend it, whether it's something that I consider in my, I don't know, in my, in my wisdom of having worked in video stores since 1999, uh, that is, you know, important, um, to film history in some sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll pick that up even if I don't think it'll rent and make its money or, you know, or if it's just something that people that I know, a cust- like, like a part particular group of customers will like or or that sort of thing so so yeah but it, it's true like there's less there's less guidance from the from the studios and from the industry i guess on what to get but um but um i'd say like everybody basically everybody that works there is expert to some degree on on movies um so so it's like i also have like you know uh, a few of the folks on staff will will look and and just you know in in case like I miss something on on the on the orders be like oh you might want to pick up this I I heard it did you know got great reviews at you know at uh, at the Toronto Midnight Fest or something like that so yeah well that's a perfect segue because I'm going to ask you uh, tell us about your staff a little bit because when we were there uh, like I said my Kelly and I wandered the store we were there for I don't know probably a half hour forty five minutes just looking at everything and mm-hmm. two of your employees were having a conversation about movies. And it reminded me of conver- I'm like, oh, that's what that sounds like. When yep. I that's the conversations that I had when I was, was in Movies funny. Unlimited. I'm like, oh, now I know what that sounds like. And it just it I was like, hey, that's me. You know, that was that's pretty much me. So talk about the talk about the group that you have over there. Sure. So I mean, I've got like I think it's six or seven people that work for me at the moment. Um, and at the moment, so so I'm I'm actually not working the counter. I haven't worked it since we opened up. Is I'm um, I'm also a nurse. Um, and I tend to work on a, like part of the time on a COVID unit and part of the time not. So I, I would find it somewhat irresponsible to like be out with the public in that, that way when I'm like such a possible vector though. I've, I've been lucky. I've not gotten sick or anything yet, but, but I still out of an abundance of caution, you know, I'm not, not on, on at the counter. So I have all, all these folks that I have to, you know, trust completely basically to, um, to work there, which I'm, I'm happy I've found like a wonderful, wonderful crew. I've got, you know, Brian, who's assistant manager, like I mentioned, and he, I hired him over at, or, or we hired him. I don't know. I, I, I'm sure I was involved in his interview. And I think I, I, I was, I think the one that knew him best when, when we got him to start working at TLA, he'd come in asking about various, uh, like Cronenberg movies that were coming out <laughs> and what, and what he should, um, what he should buy. He still, you know, he remembers the, the conversation we had when we were talking about whether he should get naked lunch or video drum. And I, <laughs> wholeheartedly endorsed Videodrome. Um, and, <laughs> I like the uh, cut of this boy's gym. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know? And so, so he started working there and then, then, you know, came, came on to, I think it, it took like a week or two at, at Viva before he started working for me because I needed to make sure people actually showed up and I could pay anybody else to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, Dan has probably been there the second longest who rented at TLA. And then he, he came in on like the very first day to, to Viva. And I remember I had to leave the store to go home because I had some, I, I basically, I, I took all of my movies and put them into our inventory as part of, part of the, um, the just <laughs> wow. to sort of like, get, yeah, so that's part of why we have such like a, an extensive like horror and, and exploitation sort of, um, 
uh, selection just because I'd, I'd been picking up a lot of stuff that was like, you know, TLA wouldn't pick up for just because they didn't think it would do well enough. Um, so I think I remember going home to get uh, like a like a Fulci movie, uh, Lucio Fulci. I think it was Murder Rock, which is this really awesome horror movie, like a slasher set in dance studio. Um, I've never seen that one. I've seen a lot of his movies. I've never seen that one. Oh man, it's re- it's really awesome. I love it. It's got some really well cut like um, like dancer size <laughs> scenes that are so good. Um, it's it's a fantastic movie. Um, and I think there was something else that I had at home that I, I went to go get for him. But um, then basically at some point when we needed somebody else to work, I. I you know, like I basically how when, when we meet somebody else, we all sort of discuss like, hey, is there anybody that's, you know, awesome that's coming in that seems to want to work and, and, you know, seems to vibe well with everybody. And then we'll, we'll find something. And so, so with Dan, I was like, yeah, you know, Dan, Dan knows, you know, has seen more movies than anybody here on staff and, you know, has this insane memory for it all. Like he's a no brainer to ask him to work. And so he started working. Um, this dude, Paul has worked for me for a long time who, um, when we opened up one, one day, he, uh, he asked me to come out to his car. Um, and he opened up the trunk and he had like his, his collection of Blu-rays in there. And he's like, Hey, you know, I love the store. Um, I was trying to think what I could do for the store. And I figured, you know, you can, you guys can borrow all, all my Blu-rays as long as you're open. Um, they're, wow. you know, they don't do anybody good sitting on my shelf. And it was like, like, you know, something like, I don't know, like 600, you know, like, like I was, or, I mean, like, it was like, a, like not a, not like a, a handful. It was a ton of them. Um, and, and he's got, you know, very film literate tastes. They're great, you know, ton of great stuff. I think I had to tell him that he couldn't, that I would not take his third man criterion, um, because it was, it was too, too rare and I was afraid somebody would ruin it. <laughs> so he had to, so I did not want to be responsible for it, for instance. But, um, but so then, and then eventually, you know, when we needed somebody to work, I asked him, you know, asked Paul if he was interested and he was, um, and then it just sort of, uh, gone like that. Who else? There's Steph has been there for a while. Who's like less like, um, she, she always talks that she doesn't watch as many films. Every else. And she doesn't, she doesn't watch as many, but she is like so gung ho about the community that the store makes, um, that like, I absolutely was, was thrilled to have her there just for like how much she cares about what the place is. Um, and video stores matter a ton to her. I think she met her husband in a video store um, back in the day. Um, so there there's them. Then I hired a couple new folks um, just recently, like two new folks in the last, like the summer. Um, I hired both uh, Mike and Tiernan who are both, both really cool. And they were again, people that came in like all, all the time and I would talk movies with and, um, and basically, basically folks that, that care about movies and, you know, seem to, to care and take a, an actual interest in the, in the store. Um, that's always a, a good way to, to decide, you know, like, yeah, this is a person that would be, that'd be great to have. Oh, and John, John came in. He's definitely, he's like a good example of, he kind of comes in basically, he was renting all of our Severin and Vinegar Syndrome and, and all <laughs> those sorts of things. Um, and, uh, just a, a cool dude that, you know, I decided to, to get a, you know, and, and asked him to, to come work too. And so, you know, I don't know, like, and it's fun. Like, I feel like there's definitely, um, there's definitely crossover between everybody's tastes, but like, I feel like everybody is kind of, I don't know. Um, <laughs> maybe everybody has enough. Like, I feel like you don't find film fans that don't have a certain amount of ego, you know, like, oh, like sure. if you're a big film fan, you know, your, your favorite movies are obviously the very best movies, you know, like everybody yeah. else is stupid or whatever. But, and so, so like, I think that, that means, although like there are, there are certainly, you know, overlaps in our, um, in our tastes that, that 
allows for for the the net to be wider and wider as we get more people um into the shop you know uh, right i mean it's i would yeah i i mean i you know i'm an old person at this point so i know what movies were like in the you 70s and me both. yeah 70s <laughs> and 80s so it's interesting that you've been able to find a staff of people, most of whom I assume are probably in their 20s at this point or, or something like that. 20s so the, and 30s. Okay, okay, 20s and 30s. I mean, these are people that at least some of them grew up with streaming as that's how you watch movies. Like, that's just like, yeah. you know, they grew up with it. I like the way I, you know, I'm old enough to remember when movies weren't on VHS. So when they started becoming available at home, it was a big change. But, yeah. you know, the generation after me is like, well, that's, that's, that's how movies are. That's how you watch movies. You see it in the theater and then you oh, wait yeah. a couple months and you and, get it at home. Definitely. Uh, you, 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 you stare longingly at that coming soon board for like yeah. you know, six months later, whatever's going to come out. But, but yeah, it's true. I feel like most of the staff actually like seeing, like, I feel like everybody was big theatrical and, and basically everybody was, is a big film collector too. I'd say John is probably the youngest. Um, and he's one of our biggest proponents of like VHS, which is kind of funny. And then we've got a couple, we've got a pair of interns also, um, uh, Roxy and Elise. And Roxy's funny for, she's in high school. She's like 16 or something. Um, but she is probably the, the biggest fan of, of Hollywood classics in our store. Oh, that's <laughs> like wonderful. Of, uh, which is like really, like really awesome to see, you know, a youngster, like, you know, taking, taking interest in, in like things, you know, well before like, you know, my time even, you know, she's, um, and she's, she's like, you know, they're, it's, it's, so it's like really rad to get their perspective too. Um, I would say like generally everybody, in part because all these people come from the store, like there's nobody that had streaming as their primary source um, of, of movies. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so like either people are going to, to TLA or they were, they've been going to Viva for years. So we're sort of in like a weird spot where, where life is different, you know, where, where although they're streaming, there's still this wonderful video store that these people are going to. And if you're getting hired at the store, you've been coming to this wonderful video store regularly. Mm-hmm. So, so definitely like I'd say, so it's a little bit less that, that feeling that you're mentioning only because our, our existence allows, allows people to live outside of that a little bit more than, right, right. than, than another place would. It's you know? an interesting, interesting idea that uh, you mentioned the uh, Roxy who's 16. She is younger than any VHS tape you have in that store. There's literally no VHS tape that is that young at this point. So one of the one of the things I really liked about the way uh, Viva was organized, and there's a couple of things I, I a couple of points I want to I want to stress uh, to people listening. But first of all, is obviously you can tell when you go in there that it was put together by people who love movies because there were, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, obviously you're not making it hard for people. You've got musicals, you've got horror, you've got, you know, drama, comedy, the standard genres, but then you've got these subsections where, you know, you kind of have to be a little clued in of a little of like, Oh, okay. Yeah. It's post-apocalyptic or, yeah. I mean, you, good Lord, you have like, I think if I recall, you have like a director section and there's like Lucio oh, Fulci there together. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, somebody took the time to, to call Lucio Fulci's movies together. Mm-hmm. And I thought that yeah. was really charming. And then the other thing that I liked, which uh, I think inadvertently gives sort of a history of movies on home video and why it's important uh, to 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 keep tabs on this stuff is you because you have all your movies together. There's no breakdown by uh, format, so you know it's just horror, oh, yeah. and then you've got A to Z, and then you know if something's on VHS, that's what you have. 
something on DVD. That's where there yep. it is. Something on Blu-ray, and it's all together. And it's it's one of those things that people of of my age, of your age, try and stress to younger people that it's like, yeah, with each new successive uh, mm-hmm. format, we lose X percentage of movies because they just yep. you know, become available. And you can see that all a lot of the stuff that Viva has on VHS is stuff that nobody bothered to ever put on DVD and is never going to yeah. put on Blu-ray. And that's to so, me that it's a, it's an interesting little history of how it worked because yeah it's like wow look at all the I've never even heard of this movie oh because it's on VHS and it never made it out of that format totally yeah like it's 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 funny like like I feel like the in movies although there's this long history for movies because it's so like new release driven yeah. the the public his the, the public memory of it can be very short so there will be these wonderful movies on VHS that are definitely like. Some somebody's like favorite favorite movie, and it's just has never gotten a digital release because there's not there's not going to be the demand to require like you know several thousand copies or something to yep. be yep. pressed up or the cost of like transferring it or whatever. Um, and so so yeah, so I definitely like to to have everything side by side, just sort of like I like I like to seem like everything is an option, everything's on like the sort of equal footing, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, like yes, this is important too. This shouldn't be sort of annexed away somewhere. Um, and yet, like the director section, I've, I feel like that's always how I've, like, like even back in the day, like how you could really judge if if a video store was was like a good video store, they would have taken the time to make directors um, sections. Um, and so we we had that at TLA. I carried that over. Um, and sometimes there will be some um, some discussions as to who belongs in there. Like I'm still mad that that you know I let Brian put up a Robert Zemeckis section, <laughs> but but you know. But uh, but to keep the peace, I leave I leave Zemeckis there. We've got our our our, our Warhol rarities and you know Zemeckis almost I think right next to each other basically. Um, but it's also like like I think it's like like that sort of thing works really well for film because it is such a weird media with so many different levels of of uh, of known and unknown that sometimes it's like it's helpful to see see like Warhol next to Zemeckis because then you know someone's like oh yes this is this is what film is maybe I should try this or it's also helpful like when you when you see like the Coen brothers section together and realize like oh crap I love you know I love five of these movies maybe I need to try some others you know Mm -hmm. Um, it's just a really good way of 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 allowing for for discovery Um, and so so there's always like little 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 tough spots like like we'll have you know arguments about like what section like is this section too too niche you know <laughs> like is this making it too difficult to look through here um i think we found that like sci-fi i think works particularly well like subdivided into like post-apocalypse you know aliens aliens on earth aliens out in space like you know like all these little things is like a fun way to go go through there like because sometimes you're in the mood for like you know what i do want to see like lasers in space today or like right. no you know what i really want time travel today um like i feel like that that works well for that. It works a little less well for like, um, like, like say drama or something. Sure. Although we've got a lot of subdivisions there that we haven't, we haven't kind of finalized that, but there, cause there'll be like stuff like, you know, um, there'll be, you know, like, like thriller dramas. There'll be like, like dramas where somebody goes to prison, dramas where somebody escapes prison, <laughs> dramas <laughs> where, you know, like fatal attraction dramas where there's, you know, like a, a sexy person trying to take down somebody else or something. So like, there's like kind of a fun way to do it. And, and part of it is, you know, I guess to some degree it's helpful, but to some degree it's also just like fun to do. Um, when you have as many things as we do, I and mean, we've got like, 
and I think at our last count, we were like well over 17,000 movies. Um, oh, we've got that many. Oh, that's extraordinary. Like, it's so many. It's, it's just, just so daunting to go out there and like look at it. They're like sort of breaking it up into some sort of digestible chunks. Whether whether they're useful or not is helpful just to like not overwhelm you too much, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. that's... Um, do you do you have as owner uh, and and operator of the store like are there some are, they, are there some sections there that you sort of pulled for out of favoritism even though you can't necessarily justify it by the you know commerciality <laughs> prospects of it um i mean you know i feel like like generally i try to do things that make sense and generally will you know like i i try not to do anything that any, that's that's too annoying for everybody else i mean everybody's going to have to be there helping people and and it doesn't do anybody any good if i if if I make a section that then nobody can can locate or something, <laughs> if it's so inscrutable, uh, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. So I mean, I guess I pull for some stuff like like my favorite label is is like Mondo Macabro. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Oh yes, absolutely. Um, yeah. So like they're they're my they're my 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 total favorite. So so they're like I think they might be the only label that we have set aside as like like all their stuff together, mm-hmm. which is really fun to see like all those red boxes together, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. um, and, and that's a pretty easy label to do that with since all their stuff is so obscure. There's not, there's no big names. Like, like there might be like, like there's like a Jess Franco movie or two. So like maybe the Jess Franco movies are pulled out into the Jess Franco section. But I mean, that gives you a sense of how, how like the obscurity of the stuff. If like Jess Franco is the biggest name you're, you're pulling out of a label, you know? Um, but um, so, so like, I mean, I'd say like that would be something like uh, that was important to me that I pulled for, but I don't think anybody questioned that. Cause generally like the things that, that we'd each care about are probably the, um, the things that we are generally a little bit more knowledgeable about. Sure. So sure. the things that, that we're probably the best judge of like, of like how people will want to look at this stuff. So, so like the cult section, like is arranged in large part, like how, how I would like to look at these movies or like how Dan or John would like to look at these movies because we're the ones that, you know, were we not working there would be coming in to rent them. So, so sort of self selects in that way. Um, I'd say so. So like, I don't think there's anything that's too, I don't think I did anything too annoying. I mean, you know, you'd have to ask my employees, I guess. <laughs> I'm sure I did something that's too annoying and I do and they've been too kind to tell me. But um but but so far I've you know, I think I try to I try to keep somewhat reasonable. Right. And we have when like I, a shot of video horror section, but I feel like that's helpful for somebody that wants a shot in a video horror section. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. yeah. I, when I worked yeah. at Movies Unlimited, one of the sections we had was Hollywood's best, which was things clumped by star. So you could have okay. all of like Clint Eastwood's movies yeah. all together, and and that was actually very helpful if you want to you know trip through the trip through the uh, trip hammer through the career of somebody, totally. you know, and yep. you could say, oh look at the oh the beguiled, what's that? You know, I never yeah. even heard of that yeah. one. But, but then, but then of course, once you go down that path, it leads to madness because mm. at a certain point, we've got the Flintstones in the Elizabeth Taylor section. You know, totally. it's like no There's human this. is going to go to the Elizabeth Taylor section to find the yeah. Flintstones. That's not the audience for that movie. <laughs> Absolutely. So, so like, like that, that is, we have, we have star sections. We generally keep them within, an, so we'll make like a star section in Hollywood classics and would try right. to leave it like the Hollywood classic. Exactly. But it is tough. And there's only one person that has two sections. We did have to make two for, um, for Werner Herzog. We made him one <laughs> in, in Germany and one in documentary. Um, cause it's sort of made, that's the only one. So I think that's the only person I know of that. I think that we just straight up made two, two sections for, but he's, you know, he's certainly worth, uh, worth having 
having to actually is, did, is he in Germany? He might actually be in favorite directors. Actually, he, he might have gotten upgraded from from foreign. Said, which helps also since he makes stuff in English and in, in German. Right, right, right. Um, but but yeah, no, so, so we I think we we used to have more actors like sort of represented and sort of backed off from from that more. We we sort of like there's some usefulness. I think with with like like how easy like IMDb is to use or something like that. Yeah, we thought yeah. that like having people brand, like together by, by actor was less useful in the physical world yes. than, than it used to be. Yeah, that's so. right. And it's also, it's hard to, you know, nowadays you're like, well, who counts as a Hollywood legend? Do I put oh. all of Robert Downey Jr.'s movies together? I mean, did, exactly, I don't know. Yeah. Is that, is that the same level as uh, mm-hmm. Orson Welles or something? You know yep. I mean? That kind of thing. So Totally. So like it's funny to decide. Like, when has somebody's star fallen enough that they, they right. remove their, their section? It seems cruel. So you know. Oh man, I went through a lot of crap in the Orson Welles section just to complete my collection just- of his movie. Like, oh, necromancy, <laughs> really? I'm going to watch this. Um, so, so okay. So, what genres uh, do you think, or do you have a sense of like do the best in your? Is is, is it sci-fi, horror? Is it that kind of thing, or is it spread um, around more evenly? It's you know, it's spread like like I I, I feel like I. It's you know the new release wall, if that's mm. considered a genre, does does best. Like still, mm. when people come in, that's where they look first. I mean, it is also like the way we've located it. You know, like it's right by the counters. Right. Um, but then also, people that are coming in are coming in regularly. People just want to see what the new things that have come in. So I mean, I'd say you know new releases. Um, I'd say so. So like like the the big titles. Um, I'd say stuff like like Wes Anderson movies, like like indie like. Like easy to like quality indies, I'd say are probably what what does does best for us. For some time, I think Moonrise Kingdom was our our top renting title, and might still be. Um, you know, so so like something something like that would be um, would be probably like 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 what does best. Um, definitely like the 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 horror cult stuff does um, does well, but I'd say probably doesn't do as well as like British TV. Um, okay. or like those sort of indies. Um, I mean, they do like, it's hard to say just in part because like, I'm not as good about keeping track of that stuff <laughs> as I ought to be. But, um, but, um, also with like the horror and sci and cult stuff, like that's just like, there's kind of an, like such an unending stream of older stuff getting released of that, that mm-hmm. you can find that like, it's maybe just such a larger amount that that it sort of upsets the amount of rentals it has in that sense, you know, and that there's this wider selection. Um, so I mean, those definitely do do well um, for us. But um, I'd say it's it's, pre- it's it's spread out pretty. It, it spreads out pretty pretty well across most of it. With like new releases definitely being the biggest the biggest chunk of it, and then um, and then and then the British TV shows. So a little bit less well lately, but but those definitely do really well. And then, like I don't know, Criterion horror cult stuff. Right. Um, but whatever, whatever we're like recommending a lot does does well too. Right. Um, but but yeah, I'd say that's. I don't know. I think I guess that's 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 not a good enough answer for that. Oh no! I'm no, doing. Hey, the answer is the answer. I can I I can remember again back when I worked at Moves Unlimited and and Moves Unlimited carried carried adult films, and uh, we do and, too. We've got a and, we've got a small adult room. Oh yeah, I didn't even notice that. Oh wow, okay. Um, We're very I, discreet about it. We oh, apparently so. I didn't even notice yeah. it was there. But I remembered that one day we ran a report, uh, and it was broken down by what genre, you know, all the genres, what percentage 
do uh-huh. you know, do they rent? And the number one genre was adult, and the was least wow. the least was religion. And I was like, well, <laughs> that, that pretty much says it all about the America in nineteen ninety three or whatever. So. That's so funny. We don't have a religious section in our, in our like like breakdown in our computer. I mean, I think I'm sure in dramas there's a few that would be set aside like that, right? Um, right. And maybe in, in in classics we might have some like a religious epic section, like Ten Commandments and things like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, well, right, but, so you... um, the, the adult room doesn't do that great for us, but it's like I feel like it, it requires little to no effort and trucks along doing its own little thing on its own. <laughs> And that's, you know, so, so there you go. And, and also, like, to some degree, I just like, you know, like, having, having, I, I like having, like, something of, of everything. You know what I mean? Like, right. like, I don't like, I don't like gatekeeping too much. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and, you know, and whether or not, I mean, like, like, the, the theme of the story, like, we would always have to have, like, the behind the green door or devil and mystery. Right. Like, like, they're right. ones that are you know, genuinely important to film history, um, that I'd want us to always have. So, um, not, not 99% of what's back there, but, right, <laughs> but right, there's right. double titles. So, so. <laughs> so are you mentioned briefly uh, a little while back about your, your media collection that you sort of donated to the cause? I mean, do you have a large collection of physical medium? Are you like, is it like that scene in hot fuzz where they open the door and it's the power of Grayskull? Is it something like that at your house? <laughs> well, I, I mean, I, I mean, right now I have like, I mean, movie-wise, I probably only have like twenty at my house because everything I I get, I take to the store and wow. as part of the rental. Um, there, there's the, the you know, I've got some things here that are like other region um, discs that sure. like you know, like nobody would be able to watch. But um, otherwise, I take all all my movies to the store and just you know, I mean, whenever I want to watch something, I just go there and grab what I need. Uh, but I'm definitely so. But my so like I mean. Before I opened the store, I mean, they were they were everywhere in my house. Like it was actually one of the one particularly nice thing about opening the shop was I suddenly had so much more space in my in my home. Um, <laughs> but um, but I'm you know the but if you come in like I'm in my living room right now and I can you know I've got a giant wall of CDs and like several shelving units of records. So like I'm definitely very physical media in, in the home in that sense. But like all my my movies, they all. Um, they'll live at the store for people to watch. So, so that's, that's, a, that's extraordinary. I mean, that's such a self-sacrifice. I mean, it really is. It sounds like I'm kidding and I'm not. Cause I, there's movies I own that I, I don't want to give to friends, let alone subjecting totally. it to a video store. So, cause they feel like, you know, this yeah. is my, this is my VHS copy of whatever this is. And if it breaks, Absolutely. it's gone forever. You know, that kind of thing. there's, there's, there's several, there's, there's a few things that like, I, like my Blood Lake VHS, I often <laughs> consider just bringing back home because I'd be so crushed if anything happened to that. Um, there is one one DVD that I I I only keep at my house, which is uh, this movie called After Last Season. That's this really I don't know if you, you you've seen that one or not, but it's it's not. this really like people usually talk about it like like The Room or something as as like sort of a disaster or whatever. But um, I don't think that really gets to. To what this movie is like it makes you question everything in in this world for what this the what the the makers believe a story to be and how one should should convey that is just fascinating i don't know that i've like um, i don't know that another movie has made me think longer and harder than that one um like like a lot of what it does seems almost like like what Godard does with like language or something, but, um, but it was, you know, made for, well, actually it wasn't, it supposedly wasn't that cheap. It's just, it's an insane, insane movie. But in any case, 
Like it's, you know, I had to pay like, I don't know, like close to like 200 bucks on eBay for it or something. And, um, it was just self-released. So like if somebody destroyed it, you know, I have, you know, it would take me, it would take quite some time for me to locate one to get. And then on top of that cost a ton of money. Um, so like, like something like that, that's, that's not just expensive, but like, I mean, I think when I, uh, you know, I think I'd been trying to find one on eBay for, I don't know, six months to a year before I finally found one initially. Um, and I started getting like all obsessive and like, like, is the director buying all the copies up so that there's, so it'll disappear? Like, you know, I would get all paranoid and stuff. <laughs> but so like something like that, like, like that, that stays at my house. Or like, I've got an autographed, like, house blu-ray box and the box stays at my house so nobody can take the uh... oh yes totally i have a, i have an autographed copy of starman by uh karen okay. allen and nice. you know i'm not oh, handing awesome. that i'm not yeah. handing that to anybody you know totally, <laughs> <That's> just, totally. <laughs> exactly yeah oh, so no that makes sense yeah. so but but generally i've uh i've decided to you know trust the you know just the people that are coming just we, we actually we do lose people do steal stuff on occasion i like to believe it's not malicious um, and just people are crappy about remembering stuff. Um, and that's always like, I don't know, it always, uh, is much, I feel like we, we, it's hard to just think of it. Okay. Like that's, you know, I'll just replace it. It's you know, 20 bucks or whatever it is. Right. Like there's always like this emotional attachment to it. It feels like I've really, like we've been wronged in, in, in a personal cruel way. I think, I think in part because, you know, we've laid our trust in, in the, uh, the denizens of Ardmore and, and, and the area that, you know, that they'll come in and take proper care of this stuff. Like it's a, it's kind of this, this miracle that we managed to exist and that we're still around and people need to be, be cool and take care of that. So, so I mean, you know, I, I believe generally people, people do. And I, so I, so I trust them with, with, with my stuff by, by and large. Um, but it is, it, I, I do, Sometimes somebody will rent something, and I'm definitely like a little cringing, like, "Oh my god, I hope they're okay with this. I hope they don't they don't treat it poorly." Yeah, but, <laughs> well, that's I mean that that is just fantastic. I mean, like, I I think we're gonna wrap it up here because I don't want to take too much sure. more of your time. I don't know. You apparently don't sleep because I don't yeah, know I how just, you can basically. run a video store and be a nurse at the same time. And I know you have a child, so yeah, two, I, two children, two children. I don't. I, that doesn't. That the math doesn't add up there. Um, it's you know I my wife would agree with you nobody yeah. I I don't I don't sleep very much okay but. fair enough so I don't want to take up too much more of your time but I do or you know uh, why don't you before I ask my final question I why don't you tell people like where they can find Viva Viva if they want to look it up like where's the oh, website yeah. where they can learn about it sure yeah, yeah. oh thank you for, for I I see I I always forget to the, these important things like that um so I'm mean, physically we're in Ardmore at 16 West Lancaster Avenue our phone number is six one zero six four nine eight four eight two give us a buzz um we're probably most active on our on our Facebook uh, which is just facebook.com slash Viva Video Ardmore um and there we like update if we're ever doing events or if anything's going on that's probably like where you get the most updates um we do stuff on on other socials as well. Like I'm on Instagram for, for October where we're putting like one horror recommendation every day. Um, so like, you know, definitely like, like following us on there, you'll find a lot of like quirky oddball horror. If you're looking for some good recommendations for this, this, the best month of the year. (laughs) Um, so, so I'd I'd say those are probably like the, 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 the main place we do stuff on Twitter, you know, too, but I'd say like, like mainly like our Facebook for updates on what we're up to Instagram, probably for, um, like quickie little movie, you know, recommendations here and there and stuff. 
All right, outstanding. And I will have a link to the website, the vivavideo.com. We'll have the link to uh, that on the show notes so you can everybody can see what's going on over there, Viva Video. So uh, we're going to yeah. wrap it up here. Uh, but Miguel, I have to ask you if, oh, yeah. you, if there's even a, 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 one, one way to answer this question, what is your favorite movie? Oh, I have a three-way tie. Can I give okay. you three? My three-way sure. tie. Absolutely. Um, well, so, and I think it, it's. I decided these long ago at TLA. They had a like some sort of employee contest where we had to, you know, come up with our favorite. They were trying to figure out what like the favorite movie amongst all the employees was. Um, and I, I wasn't able to narrow it down to one, but I can narrow it down to three that do a pretty good job of like hitting my various loves in film. So the first one would be um, Man with the Movie Camera, the the twenties Russian silent. Okay. Um, that I think is just phenomenal. Like it's it's avant garde, but completely um, easy access for anybody. You know, it's not um, it's not like it's it's basically like sort of I guess my my views on what what great art should be. Like really, um, it's not exclusionary. Um, it's fun. It's funny. It's uh, it's you know thrilling, and and it also has like that movie has one one moment in it that is like makes me gasp like 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 literally lose breath when i watch it when they um it, it, there's a point where these folks are riding on a carriage and the movie stops and pulls out and you're on the editing table as they're putting together the um the shot which is just like insane this movie from 1929 is pulling things like that mm. like it's just i mean it's, it's just out of this world and gives you just like a completely different perspective on what the timeline for for art in general or like, you know, specifically art, like in film. And, you know, we usually like to think of this linear timeline of things getting more and more intricate or, or, um, developed and stuff. And like, I don't think anybody has managed to like really surpass something like that. Um, and, and so like, I mean, that movie is, is a, a huge fave of mine. Um, second would be, um, Suspiria, the Dario. Ah, yes, yes. That is my, my favorite horror film. Uh, the soundtrack is just incredible. That Goblin score is just <laughs> like unbelievably great. The colors are so phenomenal. Um, I feel like the movie like barely makes sense, but like that's, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, the thing that matters the least in, in a movie. Like, like it's, it creates such atmosphere and feeling through like everything else about the incredible visual media that like film is that like, it's just, it's, been my favorite for for ages and i i also again love that it's so artful in a in a venue that usually isn't regarded with with that sort of critical eye like you know like horror is is often maligned for being formulaic or you know or too too bloody or you know whatever um and i feel like it it's still you know it, that movie does not care one bit. It's going to be this amazing, beautiful, incredible thing. Um, where, <laughs> a room you know, full in, of barbed wire? Sure, why not? Exactly. Like, like, why? How does that make any sense? It doesn't make any sense. But like, all that crazy blue fill and everything, like, it's terrifying. It's amazing, you know. Um, and then my third uh, is is the movie I watch every New Year's at midnight, or as close to midnight as I can. I know sometimes I have to work overnight at the hospital, you know, and, and, and I'm not able to at midnight, but the movie being kindergarten cop starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, which is, um, you know, Hollywood perfection, you know, it's so, so great. I love, you know, I grew up loving Arnold. I still love watching Arnold movies and that movie is just so much fun. Like sit down, like people giggle, like, like, Oh yeah. Arnold being a cop goes into kindergarten 
like, you know, find the drug dealer's kid or whatever. Sounds like totally ludicrous, but the movie is played straight. It is so much fun. It's directed by Ivan Reitman. Right. Um, sure. It's just like, it's, it's, it's just like, if you sit down and watch it, it is perfectly fun. Um, and it's just, just a great time. And also for like, for me, the appeal to it also isn't just like what an unlikely success it would be. Like having, having Arnold play a, a kid. I mean, like it's, it's why this movie exists to have Arnold play a kindergarten teacher, but like, that's insane. And that this movie is like, like uh, kindergartners is sort of a kid's movie. And that it's like, you know, like takes place all in an elementary school, but there's like drug dealers and shooting and kill. Like it's like, it's, but it's absolutely not a kid's movie. Um, it's so like, so it's, it's just so, so crazy that it exists, but it's so freaking fun. And just like, it's just undeniable it's just, you know, as far as I'm concerned. And um, so that's, that's definitely, those three have been my, my longstanding favorites. And I will say that Agire, the wrath of God house, the house the Japanese one, um, <laughs> Iga, those are all, uh, all Akbar, Anthony. Um, I don't know. I hate, I hate having narrowed down, you know, after last season of blood lake, I, I, there's, there's, that's that's as much as I'll I'll I'll, I'll narrow it to there. But oh, Night of the Hunter, Night of the Hunter two is often like right there. Oh my God, There's, it's so hard. It's the world. It's it's a cruel question to ask. But that's, I, I apologize. But I mean, <laughs> you know, hey, running a video store is not for wimps. You know, I mean, no, come on, it's you true. Do it, it's so. true. <laughs> really, you really have a shelf of your movies at the store because I I just I w- I want to envision people as they scan the spines. <laughs> and, you know, it's like Man with a Movie Camera, Aguirre, The Wrath of God, Night of the yeah. Hunter, Suspiria. All right, those all tra- – Kinder – what? Like, that's the one that makes people's brains – people would look at that and say, oh, obviously somebody put this in the wrong section. That's, that's, people that's, often think that. And yeah. then they'll watch it and they'll they'll realize, you know what? This movie is legit. This is no <laughs> joke. Yeah, so, well, yeah. hopefully um, someday the Criterion Collection will, you know, release you know. I don't know if there was an April Fool's Day where they pretended they were going to release it. It was the worst day ever because now that lets me know that they will never actually do it. <laughs> it's a shame because it absolutely needs the 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 full respect of of, uh, of a disc with an isolated score, you know, with everything. But, Film historian um, commentary was, track, that whole thing. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god, it was so. I think that there was like like a fake picture of like. Ivan Reitman talking to Kurosawa on the set and stuff. It was pretty. It was pretty hilarious. Actually, I mean, it was a pretty good April Fool's joke, though. Uh, you know, heartbreaking on some level for me. I can understand uh, that. Can yeah, understand definitely. That. So, well, yeah. all right, Miguel. Thank you so much for doing this. I the minute I drove by Viva <laughs> Video in September of 2019, I concocted this crazy notion, and right. I, I was so sure that it was never going to happen because it's a weird idea of just some random stranger asking someone to be on a podcast, but you were open to it. And I really appreciate it. And I know everyone will enjoy this episode because they are all video store diehards like myself. Oh, good. This was super fun. So thank you very, very much for doing this. No, man. Thank you for, thank you for inviting me on. It was a pleasure. All right. Excellent. Well, of course, everybody, if you want to follow this show, uh, all the episodes are on our website, fireandwaterpodcast.com. You can subscribe to the Fill and Water Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Amazon Music. We're on Twitter at Film and Water Pod. I do have to mention that uh, I am starting up another film-related podcast 
sometime soon. It's called Fade Out. It's very it's more specific than the Film and Water podcast. You can listen to the promo, which is out now, and that's over on Twitter at Fade Out Pod. And of course, the episodes will be on our website, like Film and Water. And then finally, if you want to support the Fine Water Podcast Network, go to patreon.com slash FW Podcast, and there you can unlock various rewards, one of which is to be name-checked on a show of your choice. So big thanks, as always, to Neil Whitney for his support of the Film & Water podcast. So that's going to do it, everybody. Thanks so much for listening. Go check out Viva Video. Even if you don't live in Ardmore, go check it out. Go see what's going on over there because Miguel and his crew are doing the Lord's work by keeping video <laughs> stores going, and it's just a great thing. And it, it just fills me with joy that I got to put out an episode with the phrase, Jess Franco section. Like just that by itself just made me very happy. So thanks everybody for listening. We will see you later. And until then, that's a wrap. Uh,